0: Welcome. Thank you for watching this teaching video from Oak Tree Community Church in South Bend, Indiana. Please check out our other videos and don't forget to like and subscribe. Our mission is to help people come to know Jesus better and love Him more every day. We believe this will not only help our own spiritual growth, but also help us better influence the community and the world for Christ. For more information about Oak Tree, please visit us at oaktreechurch.com. There you'll find past message series online giving options, and more information about our discipleship process that we call The Path. Now enjoy this message. We'd love to hear from you in the comments or the website contact form. Thank you. Well, good morning, church. Um, Great to see everyone here this morning. Thank you for joining us online as well. Um, Like Pastor Daniel said, uh, we're continuing with our We Believe series. Um, So this series is pretty much at at its basis going through the statement of faith of our church and what those statements are and how we can say that we believe those things. So I was tasked with talking about Jesus this morning. So uh, I was joking with Philip earlier about, uh, he asked, are you ready? Are you prepared? And I was like, well, I'm as prepared as I'm going to be. I think this is probably the one topic that I could be the most prepared for uh, because it's talking about what we believe about Jesus, which seems to be a pretty, uh, a pretty big topic that uh, we kind of all, uh, being a part of this church, have thought about a lot, uh, read a lot, and learned a lot about. So I think I'm the most prepared as I can be for uh, any topic with this topic this morning. Um, so just to go through um, the things that we're talking about this morning, there's really five points um, under the subset of Jesus on our Statement of Faith. Um, you can find that on our website. Um, And so it'll have the statement and then there's verses accompanying those statements uh, on our website on the document of our statement of faith. Um, And so what we're walking through this morning is those five points and then the scripture where we got those points from. So this isn't us going through and saying something and then scouring the Bible, finding a verse that we can pull out of context and say, see, this is how we got to where we are, but rather the opposite. This is through years of study, through many people in our church, Uh, These are the conclusions that we've come to based on the scriptures. Um, And so I also really like the way that we structured this series because we started out with the Bible as the first uh, week of our series. Um, We couldn't say or affirm any of the things that we're talking about at all in this series if we didn't start with the Bible. Um, That's where the authority comes from, uh, the Word of God, as it's often called. Uh, If we were citing anything else, then there could be a lot of questions about can you really say that? But because we're basing this all on the scriptures, all on what God has said to us, we can trust that this is true. Um, so because of that, when I go through all the verses this morning, um, when it says something in a verse, and then we say it in our statement of faith, that's kind of a direct translation so we can affirm that it's true. Um, so I'm going to start out with our first one here, uh, the first statement here. So all of these are about Jesus. And the first one is, Jesus is equal with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and thus was never created, but was an active part of the creation of all things. So our first verse here uh, starts in Genesis, the creation account. So Genesis 1:26. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, after our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the earth. So that part there, uh, fifth word in, sixth word in there, let us make humankind in our image. So uh, God the Father is here talking. Um, So he's talking to an audience. We don't know who that audience is, but seeing as there are three persons of the Trinity that were there at creation, our assumption is that God the Father is talking to the other persons of the Trinity with him about this. Now, we didn't just take one verse and say that. We have more verses here that we're going to see say a little more about that. So we're not just taking one verse's word for it. We're going to find a few more here. So our next verse comes from the book of John. Um, It's John 1. It's the very beginning of that book, of the Gospel of John. Um, And it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created by him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So the word here is Jesus. So when we see word there, uh, if we think about that as Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was fully God. We see later on, we're going to go through uh, one of the next statements that we make in our statement of faith. talks about Jesus being uh, fully God and fully human. Um, and again here, that Jesus is equal with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. It says that they were together um, in the beginning when things are being created. A little later in that same book, the book of John, um, this is Jesus talking. This is going to be in John 10, verses 27 to 30. And this is Jesus talking. He says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them from my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them from my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. So that last statement there specifically, the Father and I are one, Jesus is making the claim there that God the Father and God the Son, Jesus, are equal and are one. So that's where we get the part in our statement of faith about Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit being equal and being a part of creation of all things. But again, we have a few more verses here because we're not just going to take two or three. We're going to take as many as we can to support our statements here. So the next one comes a little later in that same book, the book of John. Um, And this is a a statement where um, one of the disciples, uh, Philip, is talking with Jesus, and it's a little back and forth here where there's some questions and some answers. So Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be content. Jesus replied, Have I been with you for so long, and you have not known me, Philip? The person who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me but if you do not believe me, believe because of the miraculous deeds themselves. I tell you the solemn truth. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I am doing, and will perform greater deeds than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So these past three all came from the Gospel of John. Um, They're Jesus talking, the Gospels are the accounts of the life of Jesus um, coming down onto earth, um, which we'll see in a, a later passage here, in a later one of our statements, um, is one of the things that we affirm as a church as well. So the next one here is Colossians one 15 to 15-17. Um, yet another stating that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For all things in heaven and on earth were created in him, all things, whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions, whether principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He himself is before all things and all things are held together in him. So we have a a handful of statements there from all throughout the New Testament and even all the way back to the creation account in the beginning of the Bible, affirming that Jesus was as there as a part of creation and is equal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So Gary's going to talk about God the Holy Spirit uh, in a little more detail in a few weeks. Um, So he'll, again, affirm the same thing that we're talking about here, but he'll go into it from the perspective of the Holy Spirit as well. So the next point we have in our statement of faith is that Jesus was miraculously conceived in Mary, a virgin, by the Holy Spirit, and that he is at the same time both fully God and fully human. So I know I'm throwing a lot of verses at you guys here this morning. All of these verses are listed on our Statement of Faith under each of the points. The references are given there. Um, So I am giving you the references, but I know I'm going a little quickly through them this morning. So I apologize if I'm going a little too fast to get everything noted down. But um, trust me, we will have those uh, verses there for your reference if you want to look back at them later on. So for this point, our uh, next verse does also come from Genesis, but rather in Genesis 3. And this is God the Father talking with the serpent uh, in the beginning. And he says, And I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Um, this is the first uh, time we see explicitly in the Bible uh, talk of what Jesus is going to do. Jesus being born, coming down, and uh striking the head of the serpent and the serpent will strike his heel. So this is the first time we see that happening in the Bible. So this is prophesied thousands of years before Jesus was ever born. God said this will happen. And then we see again in Isaiah, again in the Old Testament, this is a prophecy of what is to come. And so Isaiah said, for this reason, the Lord himself will give you a confirming sign. Look, this young woman is about to conceive. And will give birth to a son you young woman will name him Emmanuel the next section here is from Matthew the book of Matthew we often read this one around Christmas time Um, it's about the birth of Jesus and so uh, as Christmas is the uh, time that we talk about that quite often this is a verse that we might hear uh, year after year but um, nevertheless in Matthew 1, 18 to 25, the gospel says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. While his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband-to-be, was a righteous man, and because he did not want to disgrace her, he intended to divorce her privately. When he had contemplated this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. she will give birth to you us, she will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This all happened, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets would be fulfilled. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did what the angel of the Lord told him, of the Lord told him. He took his wife, but did not have marital relations with her until she gave birth to a son, whom he named Jesus. Excuse me. Um, So as we saw in that passage there, um, the Gospel quotes directly from Isaiah where we just read about the Virgin Mary conceiving of Jesus and giving birth to him. Our next two uh, verses that we're going to look at are coming from another two of the Gospels, um, their telling of Jesus and his life. Uh, so in Luke 1, verse 35, the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And then in John 1, 14, it says, Now the Word became flesh and took up residence among us we saw his glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth, who came from the Father. So all of these we're hearing over and over and over again about who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Son of God, that the Virgin Mary conceived Jesus and gave birth to him. Our next point uh, from our statement of faith here is that Jesus lived his entire life without any sin, died on the cross as prophesied in the Old Testament, as a substitute for all people, and bodily arose from the grave on the third day, as prophesied in the Old Testament, to prove his power over death and give hope for all people. So in this section here, the verses that are listed as a reference on our statement of faith are some pretty long passages. So some of them we're going to go through in their entirety. Um, Others of them were cut down to just a few of the verses from that section. But again, um, you can see on our website and on our statement of faith Uh, the entire sections that are cited here as to how we came to the conclusions here that we're stating. So the first one here is in Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. It says, Now after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a severe earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were shaken and became like dead men because they were so afraid of him. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus met them saying, greetings. They came to him and held on to his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. So this section here we see after the resurrection of Jesus, this is after his crucifixion, that he is raised from the dead um, and was again alive. So he wasn't just seen by the two women that came to the tomb and the guards that were at the tomb, but rather he shows himself to many others, which we'll see in our next few uh, sections here. The next one is Mark 16, 1-13. So again, from another one of the Gospels um, of the recounting. We see that when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought some aromatic spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, at sunrise, they went to the tomb. They had been asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us for the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled back. Then as they went into the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is a place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is going ahead from you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Then they went out and ran back from the tomb, for terror and bewilderment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. So this is another recounting of the same thing uh, happening um, in another gospel. Um, the next section uh, is the long one that I'm uh, not going to read all of, but it is uh, Luke 24, 1 to 49. But we're rather just going to read the last five verses. Um, and so that's 44 to 49 here in uh, Luke 24. Then he said to them, and this is Jesus talking, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything was written about me, and the law of Moses, and the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures, and said to them, Thus it stands written that the Christ would suffer and would rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and look, I am sending you what my father promised. But stay in the city, And you will, and you will, and you have been clothed until you have been clothed with power from on high. Um, So, this is Jesus after his death and resurrection, talking to his disciples, affirming yet again that he is who it has said that he is. Um, What had been prophesied from old has come to pass. What the old prophets had said will happen has happened. Um, And it says here that he opened their minds to the scriptures, because up until this point, They hadn't really fully understood the extent of who Jesus was. Um, But then he opened their minds here and explained uh, the scriptures of what had been said in the prophets um, about Jesus specifically. So our next section here is John 20, 1-29. So this is a very long section uh, of scripture here talking about uh, who Jesus is um, and how he came to be. Um, So this next section starts uh, in verse 1 um, and goes to 29. Again, this is in the book of John. It says, Now very early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw the stone had been moved away from the entrance. So she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, whom Jesus loved, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. Then Peter said to the other disciples to set out to go to the tomb, Peter and the other disciple, Set to go out to the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the strips of linen cloth laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who had been following him, arrived and went right into the tomb. He saw the strips of cloth laying there and the face cloth, which had been around Jesus' head, lying with the strips of linen cloth, not lying with the strips of linen cloth, rather, but rolled up in the place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first came in, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. So the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she bent down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in in white sitting there where Jesus' body had been laying, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Mary replied, They have taken my Lord away, and I do not know where they have put him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Because she thought he was a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus replied, Do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and informed the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what Jesus had said to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the disciples had gathered together, locked the doors of the place that they were, because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came to them, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord so Jesus had so Jesus said to them peace be with you just as the Father has sent me I also send you and after he said this he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive anyone's sins they are forgiven and if you retain anyone's sins they are retained now Thomas called Didymus one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples told him we've seen the Lord but he replied, unless I see the wounds from the nails in his hands, and I put my fingers into the wounds from the nails, put my hand into his side, I will never believe it. Eight days later, the disciples were again together in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and examine my hands, extend your hand and put it into my side. Do not continue your unbelief, but believe. Thomas replied to him, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are the people who have not seen and yet believed. So that was a long section there uh, talking just about uh, after Jesus had risen from the dead um, and before his ascension, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, about him going to his disciples and explaining to them that, yes, he indeed had risen from the dead. The next passage here, uh, the next two actually, come from uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, book uh, 15. Um, The first one is verses 3 to 4, and then we jump down to verses 12 to 19. Um, So this is a book written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the churches in Corinth, Um, and so this is what he says to them. Paul said, For I passed on to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that... And that he was buried and that he was raised and on the thir- on the third day according to the scriptures um, so again that's just another affirmation of exactly what we said that we believe that Jesus died was raised on the third day uh, according to the scriptures as it had been prophesied in the Old Testament time and time again so we jump down a little later into the same book and we see Paul says now if Christ is being preached as raised from the dead how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is futile and your faith is empty. Also we are found to be false witnesses about God, because we have testified against God that he raised Christ from the dead, when in reality he did not raise him, if indeed the dead are not raised. For if if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still in your sins. Furthermore, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. For if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we should not. For if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we should be pitied more than anyone. So this right here is a fantastic explanation of why it matters. I mean, why does it matter that Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected? But the resurrection part specifically is what Paul is talking about here. Why does that even matter? Well, he says, I mean, that's kind of the crux of everything. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then how can we be forgiven for our sins? Our next point here, um, one of the last points, um, is about Jesus uh, after his death and resurrection. Uh, It's talking more about his ascension. So our next statement says, Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection from death and is at God the Father's right hand as high priest making intercessions for all Christians. So the first few here are coming from the book of Acts uh, as to where we got this statement. Um, So the first one is Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, After he had said this, while they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud hid him from their sight. This is talking about Jesus ascending. This is what we call the ascension. And a little later in the book of Acts, um, we see a little blurb here talking about Stephen. Um, It says in Acts 7, verses 55 and 56, we see, But Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit, looked intently toward heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So Stephen saw very specifically Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Um, and since we've affirmed that what the Bible says is true, we can take it in truth that that's what happened, that that's what Stephen saw. So our next verse here is in First Timothy, um, Paul writing this letter uh, to Timothy. And Paul says, For there is one God and one intermediary between God and humanity, Christ Jesus himself human. The next set of verses the next five sets of verses are coming from the book of Hebrews Um, this is again a book written to Jews who would be believers um, after Jesus death and resurrection so this is specifically written to Jews um, as their subject uh, or as the uh, audience for this book Um, so the first one here comes from the second chapter of the book of Hebrews verse 17 it says therefore he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in all things relating to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. Then a few chapters down, in chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, we see, And by being perfected in this way, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, and he was designated by God as high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Then another two chapters down, we see uh, in Hebrews 7.25, it says, So he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. And then in Hebrews 8, we see, But now Jesus has obtained a superior ministry, since the covenant that he mediates is also better and is enacted on better promises. And the last one here from the book of Hebrews that we're talking about this morning, it says, keeping our eyes fixed on on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set out in him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. So all those there are talking about uh, Jesus' specific uh, role currently being at the right hand of God, being a high priest, um, in the order of Melchizedek, as it says. Um, So Jesus is a high priest currently in heaven, interceding for us with the Father. So those of us that know Jesus as our Savior are able to talk to the Father through Jesus, and it's as if it's Father talking to Son directly, Um, which gives us a lot more hope and confidence um, in what we pray to God, because it's not just us talking to God, but it's us talking to Jesus and talking to God through Him. Um, And as a father talking to their Son uh, there's a lot more uh, a lot better lines of communication there, I'm sure than with random people and whoever it is. So our last point for this morning um, states that Jesus will return to collect all Christians into the air and take with him to heaven, and will return to rule as king on earth and will ultimately judge all those who have rejected his salvation. So this point's not necessarily the most fun one to go through. Um, It's not as hopeful as the other ones. Uh, Although, really, when we look at it, uh, we do see that it is even more hopeful than some of the others. So there's only going to be three passages here that we're going to talk about. The first one coming from the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. The Apostle Paul says, Now we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, for those who are asleep so that you will not grieve like the rest of us, like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so also we believe that God will bring with him all those who have fallen asleep as Christians. For we tell you this by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not go ahead of those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command, With the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be suddenly caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So this is a. a The Apostle Paul talking about what is to come, what will happen. He thought it was going to happen uh, soon within his lifetime. Um, He was wrong about that. But uh, again, it's not his plans, but rather God's plans are what are coming to pass. So uh, we know that this will happen in the future and has not yet happened. So we can have a confident expectation that this is what is actually going to happen, that this is to come, because again, this is what is written in the Bible and what we talked about earlier is we have affirmed that what the Bible says is true. And so if God, if God's word is the Bible, which it is, and this is what it's saying, then we should expect that this is what's to come to pass. And the last two here are coming from uh, the book of the Revelation. Um, this is looking forward um, as we went through Revelation uh, recently, uh, went through more specifically. But this is coming from the end of that book. It's talking about after everything that happens on this earth this is what is occurring so the first one here is Revelation chapter 20 verse 4 um, the Apostle John says then I saw thrones and seated on them were those who had been given authority to judge I also saw the souls of those and who, uh, who had been beheaded because of the testimony about Jesus and because of the Word of God these had not worshiped the beast or his image and had refused to receive his mark on their forehead or hand they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So that's talking very specifically about Christ's coming, uh, his second coming, and his millennial kingdom. So what we believe in this church is that there is a literal kingdom that is coming, a thousand years, where Christ will be on earth reigning as king. And the last verse here that we're going to go through, uh, a set of verses I guess here is, Um, Also in Revelation chapter 20, this is 7 to 15. It says, Now when the thousand years are finished, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to bring them together for the battle. They are as numerous as the grains of sand in the sea. They went up on the broad plain of the earth and encircled the camp of the saints in the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them completely. And the devil, who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet are too, and they will be tormented there day and night, forever and ever. Then I saw a large white throne, and one who was seated on it. The earth and heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. Then books were opened, and another book was opened, the book of life. So the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to their deeds. The sea gave up to the dead that were judged in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each one was judged according to his deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, that person was thrown into the lake of fire. So this is the uh, rather uh, unfun part uh, that we read about. Um, So we read here that, Everyone will be judged on their deeds. Um, next week, Pastor Daniel is going to talk about sin and salvation. Um, so he's going to go into more detail about this. But just to explain a little bit about what that is, is each and every one of us will be judged in eternity on our deeds. And we know that we're all sinners, that we all fall short of the glory of God. And so what does it say here that's going to happen to, to everyone? Uh, they will get thrown into the lake of fire. But what we talked about this morning is Jesus. Jesus came down. Jesus, who we've affirmed is fully human and fully God, came down to take on humanity, uh, was conceived of the Virgin Mary, was born, lived a life just like ours. However, he did it sinless, with no sin. And he lived, uh, was obedient to his Father, even to the point of death, death on a cross. He was crucified and three days later was raised according to the scriptures as it had been told thousands of years beforehand over and over throughout the ages that this was to come. And then he ascended into heaven and is standing at the right hand of the Father being an intercessor and high priest for us. For those who believe in him, that is the case. And we have salvation. We have the the freedom to have a God who came down to earth, took on humanity, and died for us each and every one of us for our sins in our place took on what we deserve which is death as we see here we deserve an eternity away from him an eternity in the lake of fire but Jesus not wanting that to happen came down and died was resurrected and ascended so that we can have eternal life through God the Father or with God the Father through Jesus So those are all the points that I had this morning uh, about Jesus. Um, We'll continue in second hour after this, where we can ask some questions, have a little more discussion, talk about things more specifically. Um, But again, this is a part of the We Believe series. Um, This is coming directly from the statement of faith of our church, which you can find online. But these are what we as a church believe about Jesus and about the salvation that we can get through him um, because of who he is and what he's done for us. Uh, So as I close today uh, in a word of prayer, I just want us to keep in the front of our mind that uh, Jesus is who he said he is throughout the ages. What was said of him in the Bible is true, um, and that's what we can affirm, and that's what we can put our hope in. And it's a confident hope that we can have, not just some uh, hope that something lucky will happen to us. No, but rather it has been done, and we just have to believe.